This morning's lesson is you've got it. You've got it. I've got it. You've got it. We all got it. It can be used for good. It can be used for bad. It can be a motivation for millions. It can motivate one. It can change things. It can be sincere. It can be deceitful. It can be used in love. It can be used in hate. It's with you in the mornings when you get up. It's with you in the evenings when you go to sleep. It's defined as a moral and spiritual power by which we can affect individuals, conditions. And in doing so, this word that we're talking about, this force, this power, this effect that we can have on each other is our influence. Our influence. Now it can be good, it can be bad. In Matthew 5, in just a second, we'll look at it. In Matthew 5, chapter verses 14 and 16, it talks about a light. It talks about a hill. Let's turn our Bibles over to Matthew chapter 5, verse 14. It says, You are the salt of the earth, and if the salt loses its flavor, how, can, how shall it be seasoned? It is then good for nothing but to be thrown and trampled underfoot by men. You are the light of the world. A city that sitteth upon a hill cannot be hid. Nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. Jesus said that on the Sermon on the Mount in chapter 5. You know, chapter 5, chapter 6, and chapter 7 are the Sermon on the Mount. And as Jesus taught these things, He used things that we know, things that we can see and we can feel, but they have a spiritual meaning also. The spiritual meaning, our inner self, our light. How does our light shine? What do we do to make our light shine? What do we do each day to make our light shine? You know, I can't hardly think about our light without thinking about classrooms when we used to have class on Sunday morning. The kids in vacation Bible school. And I remember years and years, I guess about 100 years ago, Roy, this little light of mine. Y'all remember that? I'm going to let it shine. You know, that's just a little bitty song, but it means a whole lot. You know, I'm not going to put it under a bushel. I'm not going to hide it. I'm going to let it show. I'm going to do it all the time. Our light, our inner light. You know, our influence is something that we have, something that follows us around. Something when, well, it can be good or it can be bad. In Matthew chapter 7, in a minute, we're going to talk about some things that are good and some things that are bad. And, well, there's good and bad in everything. Chapter 7 at the end, toward the end of Jesus' sermon, He says, Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are savage wolves. You will know them by their fruits. Do men gather grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Even so, every good tree bears good fruit. Every bad tree bears bad fruit. 
A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor a bad tree bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown in the fire. Therefore, by the fruits you will know them. By our fruits we will be known. By our influence we will be known. You know, when a baby's born, the baby's, and we all say, isn't that a cute little booger? And you, know, you talk about it, and you hold it, and you smile. And, you know, it, but we say it's the son of so-and-so, or it's the grandson of so-and-so, or it's the father of so-and-so. You know, he's, he's the son. You know, this is our influence. What we do, what we say, the examples we give each day, and how it gets along to what we do. In Matthew 7, verse 15, we read that. I'm struggling y'all a little bit. (laughs) In Matthew 7, Cain killed Abel. Cain killed Abel in Genesis chapter 4. Do y'all remember that? That's a bad influence. He did a bad thing. In 1 Timothy, over in 1 Timothy, Paul's writing a letter to, to Timothy. You know, Paul wrote a lot of his letters. He wrote a lot of this, they call them epistles. And he wrote letters to the churches. He wrote letters to individuals. This time he's writing a letter to Timothy. And Timothy was a young man studying to do, to do the God's work, to spread the gospel. And he wrote him two letters. And in one of the letters, the second Timothy, chapter 1, verse 5, it says, Talking about Paul, when I call to remembrance the genuine faith that is in you, which dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and then in your mother Eunice, and I proceed is in you also. What will our kids, what will our grandkids remember us by? What will they remember us doing? What will they remember us being? Will they remember us going to church on Sundays? Will they remember us going to church on Sunday night? Or Wednesday nights? Do our kids and our grandkids see our light shining? Is our little light shining? Is it shining all the time? Is is our influence good with them? Or do they see us as, well, sometimes granddad and grandmama go to church. Sometimes they don't. Sometimes they're here. Sometimes they, they, you know, granddaddy's got an awful bad temper. He has a hard time controlling his temper. You know, these things they see in us. They see this in us. And do they have habits? Do kids get habits? Where do they get the habits from? You know, it was really evident to me, very uh, visible to me, that when we went to Dallas over the holidays, every morning everybody got up and they started drinking coffee. And you know something? I don't drink coffee. And they asked me why I don't drink coffee. Because Mother said I never got old enough to drink coffee. You know, she said, you're, not, you're just not old enough to drink coffee. You know, the habits that we form, the things that they see... There was a man once that I knew, a long time ago in construction. They called him foul-mouthed. 
Foulmouth Jones, Foulmouth Smith, I can't remember. But anyway, they called him Foulmouth. And one morning I remember coming into lunch break, and they were all sitting around starting to open their lunch boxes and eat their lunch. And uh, he was just laughing and carrying on and just having a great time, and everybody was laughing with him. And I got in there, and about right into it, he was saying, you should have seen my little boy. You know, they always call him Johnny. My little boy Johnny. He got mad this morning. He throwed his bicycle down. He started cussing. He started having a fit. He started throwing things. He just, he just, he made me so proud of him. He made me so proud of him. I just, I just couldn't see that he was growing up to be such a good, good man. I thought, boy, there's something wrong here. And through the years and different construction jobs, I'd see him and I'd be around him and he was still just as foul-mouthed as ever. He couldn't say a sentence without it, 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 these words coming out. And then one day we was down at uh, Chillersburg at a paper mill and he come in and he was real quiet. This was years later. And he was real quiet and he, he, he said, I can't believe this. He said, my son cussed my wife out. He said he just had a raving fit and just, just started doing all kind of things. And he said really bad things to my wife. And he says, how in the world could that boy do that to his mother? And one of the guys sitting there eats lunch, he kind of raised up and he looked at, looked at old Foulmouth. He says, he learned that from you. He learned that from you. You know, the things we do, the things we say, are all looked at. Whether it's our neighbors that see us going to church, whether it's our kids, our grandkids, our influence is what we make it. Is our light shining? Is Jesus Christ showing in our life? Do they know that we're Christians? How long does our influence last? How long does it last in, in time? I mean, does it last even after we're gone? It does. It does. We talked about Cain just a minute ago. What about Abraham Lincoln? Y'all remember Abraham Lincoln? Y'all remember Babe Ruth? You know, he'd point and he'd, there he'd go. Hit home runs. All of these things. What about uh, uh, Jesus? We remember Jesus. What about Moses? Remember Moses. What about Abraham and Isaac and Jacob? We remember them. You know, after our death, our influence hangs on. Our children, the things that our children are doing, the things that they would like to do, they 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 are influenced by us. I know that. Uh, Years ago, I was watching Will play baseball, and he was doing the things, and, and I got to watching this fella, and he was, he was uh, wanting this kid to be a great baseball player. He was pushing this kid, and pushing this kid, and pushing this kid. You know, and he, the kid, his son, really wasn't all that good, really wasn't inclined to be that way. You know, years later, Will and him played in the band together, and he was one of the best 
band players, band marchers that they had in the Southside band. He wasn't a football player. He wasn't a basketball player. You know, the roads we choose for our children, the roads we choose for them to go down, we have to be open-minded enough to know that they may not be what we was or what we were. They may be, have to follow their own path and have to be the things that God wants them to be. In Matthew 26, we're going to talk about a lady. In Matthew 26, verses 6 through 13, the Bible says, And when Jesus was in Bethany at the house of Simon the leper, a woman came to him having an alabaster jar of a very costly fragrance oil, and she poured it on the head as he sat at the table on Jesus' head. But when his disciples saw it, they were indignant and they said, Why do you do this waste? For this fragrant oil might have been sold for much and given to the poor. But when Jesus was aware of it, he said to them, Why do you trouble the woman? For she has done a good work for me. For you have the poor, you have the poor with you always, but me you do not always have. For in pouring this fragrant oil on my body, she did it for my burial. Surely I say to you, wherever this gospel is preached, in the whole world, what this woman has done will always be told as a memorial to her. What will be our memorial? What will be, what will be people say about us as we get older and as we pass on? You know, these things, these things we do, can we influence someone without us even knowing it? Can we influence someone without us knowing it? Do, you know, the people at work look at us sometimes and they, they, they you know, you don't see them looking at you. You don't see the neighbors looking at you. You don't see the people out in the world looking at us. You know, we can influence those who say, that's a Christian. I can tell by the way he acts. I can tell by the way he moves, by what he says, how he does things. He's a Christian. He's a Christian. Is that a good thing? Very much so. It means that you're trying to follow after Jesus Christ. You're trying to be Christ-like. Do we need to protect our influence? You know, we put locks on different things. I know, you know, you lock your car when you go somewhere. You lock your house when you leave. We lock our uh, storage buildings. We lock our toolboxes. You know, and me, I even lock some of my gates. You know why I lock my gates? I've had people come and open my gate and let my cows out. And I don't want that happening. That's not a good thing when you have to chase cows up and down the road because somebody opened your gate. You know, you, you lock things up. You guard these things. You try to make sure that the things that are guarded, well, moral in her. Now, 
represent. We represent Jesus Christ. We represent Christianity. We represent the local church. We represent what we are to each other. Our influence. What we are to each other. When someone sees us out in the community and they say, well, that's brothers, that's so, so, and so. He goes to Rainbow Church of Christ. And then what do they say after that about us? What do they say after that about us? He's a good, quiet man that works with his hands and doesn't gossip, doesn't do these things. That's what the Bible says we're supposed to say about us. In Thessalonians, it talks about that. Now, in closing of the lesson this morning, over in Proverbs, it talks about a name. Over in Proverbs chapter 22, verse 1. A good name is to be chosen rather than great riches. When I was looking this and studying for the lesson, Cheryl brought that up on the laptop and she wrote it out. And it was a real, it just, at the time it kind of hit me wrong, but maybe it's, it's okay. There was a dog, picture of a dog right there beside this saying. And the dog, one of his ears was up and one was down. Y'all know how a dog looks like when one ear's up and one ear's down? Y'all, y'all, yeah, okay. Well, this dog is sitting there and he's, and he's got this grin on his face. Y'all ever seen a dog grin? Yeah, you know, he's got this grin on his face and he's sitting there and the verse says, a good name is to be chosen rather than great riches. And this dog's sitting there with his one ear up and just grinning at, at you. And I thought, what in the world has that got to do with a good name. And then I thought, well, you know, even dogs have a good reputation. They're a bad dog. They're a good dog. Even dogs have a reputation. And you know, we, we pet on our dogs. We love our dogs. But their name. One of my dogs is named Dorothy. Y'all, her name's Dorothy, and she is a good little dog, but we call her Dottie for short. And Dottie does things. She knows a lot of stuff. She's a very smart dog. And when I call her name, she comes to me. A name. What is our name? Is our name John Christian? Paul Christian? Chris Christian? Dole Christian? John Christian, has our name got anything to do with Jesus Christ? Back in 1 Timothy, 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 5, we talked about Eunice being Timothy's mother and Lois being Timothy's grandmother. And the word genuine faith was used. A genuine faith. These two ladies daily showed a faith that was very impressive to Timothy. How they acted each day. How much time did they spend talking to God, praying, talking about God to their children? They talked to them about it. And as they did so, it must have been a happy atmosphere. It must have been a good atmosphere for, for Timothy to want to be. You know, our kids don't want to be stuff if we don't make it nice. Our kids want to be Christians. We want to be, make it nice. Our Christians, oh yeah, you know, 
We're not supposed to have any fun. Y'all know that? Christians don't have any fun. All I can say is y'all ain't never been to one of our fellowships. When you try to say something in a fellowship, say let's have a prayer or something, you can't get everybody to be quiet. They're all yakety, 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 yakety. They're having fun with their brothers and sisters talking about stuff. Do we not have fun in the fellowship? Oh, do we not have a good time? Do we not feel strengthened by our brothers and our sisters as we leave to go home? You see, our influence, it affects each other. We need to try really hard not to have a bad influence on, our, yeah, on ourselves, on our children, on our grandchildren, each one of us in here. You know, it's nice to say, I'm proud that I'm a member of Rainbow Church of Christ because brother so-and-so goes to Rainbow Church of Christ. Sister so-and-so goes to Rainbow Church of Christ. You know. But in conclusion, Eunice and Lois They got it. They got it. They understood that they had it. They understood that Jesus Christ is in here. He stays in here as long as we let Him, as we choose to let Him. And each day that they lived and as they walked and talked and was with friends and went shopping and did all the things that women do, they let their light shine. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. I'm going to let it shine all the time, all the time. Put it under a bushel? No. I'm going to let it shine. Let's let our light shine. This morning, we have a great honor and a privilege to meet the needs of the congregation. If you're a member here and there's anything that we can do to pray for you, there's things in your life you'd like for us to pray for you about, we'd love to do this. If you're having a hard time with something or something's not going right, or even on the other side of this, I like it sometimes when somebody comes forward and has a good thing to say. A good thing to say. We can do that. And then... The example of Christians throughout the ages is they're being immersed to become Christians, to be part of the church, to be part of what God wants them to be. These are things that we can do if we can meet your need in any way. Come forward, come up here with me as we stand and sing our imitation song. <laughs>